Thank you for listening to the Crossridge Podcast. Today's message is by Senior Pastor Mark Farnell. For more information about Crossridge Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. Let's stand and let's read this passage together. Titus chapter 2 and verses 11 through 14. Titus chapter 2, reading aloud together. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lusts, and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people for his own possession, eager to do good works. Thank you. You may be seated. And as you're being seated, open your Bibles with me to Titus chapter 2. As we continue in this final passage here of chapter 2, we find that Paul is uh, sharing God's truth about God's grace. As followers of Jesus, we can all rejoice in God's grace. Paul wrote in verse 11, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Four connects the previous ten verses in chapter 2 to the passage that we're currently in in verses 11 through 14. Four connects the behaviors from sound teaching in the first 10 verses to the beliefs for sound teaching in the passage that we are in. For the grace, grace is the undeserved, unearned favor of God abundantly given to us in Jesus. Grace is God's favor, forgiveness, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, and strength. His power, protection, and provision abundantly given to us in Jesus. Grace is the reality that God has abundantly given us every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. We have every, say every, every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. We have every need that we'll ever have need of met in Christ Jesus. For the grace of God reminds us that grace comes from God. God is the God of all grace for you and for me. And as we shared last week, four points that we know about God's grace. Number one, God's grace is a gift to us. We don't deserve God's grace and we can't earn God's grace. We receive God's grace by faith in Jesus. God's grace is a person with us. For the grace of God has appeared. Appeared means to become visible, to make clear. Jesus is grace made clear and visible for all to see. Grace is a work in us. We know that Jesus appeared bringing salvation for all people. Grace is God's work of change in us. Grace helps us to be who God wants us to be and do what God wants us to do. As the late great pastor Adrian Rogers once said, grace is the desire and the ability to do the will of God. And then we shared grace is a blessing for us. Grace is a blessing for us to enjoy and share with those around us. And so as we continue in this passage, 
at the end of chapter 2, notice real quick, you may have already picked up on this, notice how Paul highlighted the three stages of grace for us in this passage. Salvation is God's grace to us in the past in verse 11. Sanctification is God's grace to us in the present in verse 12. Glorification is God's grace to us in the future in verse 13. God has saved us at a point in our past. We are saved by God's grace through our faith in Jesus. God has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In Jesus, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins through his blood that he shed on the cross of Calvary in accordance with the riches of God's grace. God has saved us at a point in our past. God is sanctifying us in the present. Sanctification is God's work of grace in us by which he grows us in our faith in Jesus, makes us more and more like Jesus teaches us how to live for Jesus, and then empowers us to do just that. He empowers us to live for Jesus. We understand and know we are new creations in Christ Jesus. All life of sin and self is gone, and the new life in the Savior Jesus has come. Amen? And so we have been set apart by God from sin, and we've been set apart by God for the Savior Jesus. God's salvation of us leads to God's sanctification in us. And so we see verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Now let's continue in verse 12 this morning. Instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lusts and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age. Now, God's grace is seen as our rescuer, our savior in verse 11. God's grace is now seen as our instructor and our teacher in verse 12. It says, instructing us, instructing, paiduo, means Teaching, training, correcting, disciplining, educating, encouraging. Instructing there at the beginning of verse 12 was most often used in reference to children. Instructing is in the present tense, so it's a daily continual process that Paul is sharing with Titus and us. Parents instruct, teach, train, correct discipline, encourage, and educate their children every day so that their kids can know and follow Jesus so that their kids will grow into godly men and women of character and integrity. God's grace is instructing, teaching, training, correcting, disciplining, educating, and encouraging each one of us as followers of Jesus every day so that we can live and love and lead God's way. So we can almost summarize it in this way. God saves us by his grace, and then God enrolls us in his school of grace. God saves us by his grace, and then he enrolls us in his school of grace, teaching us 
day by day, training us, instructing us in this grace that is ours in Christ Jesus. So two ways that God's grace instructs us. Paul shared with Titus and with us, there are two ways here in particular that he highlighted in this passage. The grace of God instructs us in these two ways. Number one, the grace of God instructs us negatively. God's grace instructs us to deny godlessness and worldly lusts. So let's look at this. Deny means to refuse, to reject, to say no to. Deny is in the aorist tense, which calls for urgent, immediate action from us. So God's grace instructs, teaches, trains us to deny, to refuse, to reject, to say no to godlessness. Godlessness means to disregard God. It means to live as if there is no God. Godlessness is sinfulness, wickedness, rebellion against God. Godlessness is a lack of obedience to God, reverence for God, trust in God, and worship of God. So God's grace teaches, instructs, trains us to say no to godlessness, sinfulness, wickedness, and worldly lusts. So God's grace instructs us to say no to worldly lusts. Worldly lusts means the desires of our flesh, which include envy, greed, lust, materialism, power, popularity, pride, selfishness, and many other sinful desires. Worldly lusts means to desire the people and things of this world living in rebellion against God and opposition to God rather than God. Worldly lusts means the pursuit of pleasure in what this world offers rather than what God offers. So what Paul's telling Titus, the elders in Crete, and us today is that God's grace instructs us in a negative way. God's grace helps us, teaches us, trains us, corrects us, disciplines us, instructs us to say no to sin. God's grace teaches us not to love this world or anything in this world because everything in this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of one's possessions is not from the Father, it's from the world. And the world is led, it's under the sway and influence of Satan, the evil one, and the world with its cravings, desires, lusts, and passion is passing away. God's grace teaches us not to let sin reign in our bodies so that we obey its evil desires. God's grace teaches us not to offer our bodies to sin as weapons of unrighteousness, but as those alive with God in Christ Jesus to offer our bodies to God as weapons of righteousness. God's grace teaches us to abstain from the sinful desires that wage war. Say that with me. That wage war. One more time. That wage war against our souls. That's some strong language that Peter shared. God's grace, it helps and instructs and teaches us to say no, to abstain from the desires of our flesh, those sinful desires of our flesh that wage war inside of us. 
This helps us to understand, once again, this vitally important point. Our greatest challenge and problem is not outside of us. Do not make the mistake of thinking your greatest challenge and problem is outside of you. Your greatest challenge and problem, my greatest challenge and problem is inside me. It's inside you. I am my biggest problem. And you are your biggest problem. God's grace saves me from me on a daily basis. And God's grace saves you from you on a daily basis. God's grace instructs us to say no to all those things that this world says say yes to. God's grace instructs us to say no to those things that our flesh desires and craves and wants to say yes to. But we know that we shouldn't say yes to those things because they're not pleasing to God. They're not of God. You see, God's grace helps us to take God's escape route out of every temptation we face every day. Every temptation we face. God's grace helps us, instructs us, teaches us, trains us to take that escape route out of that temptation. And it's up to us at that moment to respond to that grace of God at work in our lives, as Joseph did when the temptation was fast and furious from Miss Potiphar. He responded to the grace of God in his life. And what did he do? He ran. He left. He knew the most courageous thing he could do was run. Get out. And we see other examples. Jonah did not respond to the grace of God in his life that God was going to use him for a revival in Nineveh. Instead, Jonah turned and ran away from God. And so we see this grace instructs us negatively teaches, trains us, and we so need that teaching and training. We so need the instruction and the help and the correction and the discipline and the encouragement of God's grace in our lives so that we can say no to godlessness, so that we can say no to sin, so that we can say no to those responses that we know we shouldn't respond when folks are coming at us or coming against us. God's grace helps us to remain self-controlled when we want to get out of control at what's going on around us. God's grace instructs us in Jesus to be able to take God's escape route out of every temptation. So we see the grace of God instructs us negatively. Second way, the grace of God instructs us positively. Instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lusts and, and to live in a sensible, righteous, godly way in the present age. What does this mean? It means this. The Christian life is about do's, not just don'ts. The Christian life is about do's. It's not just a list of don'ts. The goal of God's grace is godliness. 
That's the goal of God's grace at work in us, negatively and positively. It's godliness, pleasing God and bringing glory to God as we live God's way. God's grace is working in us so that we can please God and bring glory to God by living God's way. That's the goal of God's grace is godliness. And so we know God Almighty knows us. He created us. He knows us best. And so his grace instructs us in a negative way to say no to sin, not to walk in the flesh, but God's grace also instructs us positively to walk by the Spirit, to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way. He says to live. Say that with me. To live. Live is the key verb here. Live means to be alive. It means to breathe. It means to be full of life. To be alive, to breathe, to be full of life, to live. Live means to enjoy the real life, to enjoy the true life, to enjoy the blessed life. We know Jesus came to give us the abundant life. Jesus came to give us the blessed life. Jesus came to give us life to the full. Jesus came to give us life to the max. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Have it to the full. God's grace teaches us how to live the abundant, blessed life. And so we live and enjoy the abundant, blessed life in Jesus. We live. We truly live life in Jesus. The abundant, blessed life is ours in Jesus. And we, of all people on earth, should be the ones who are truly living, who are truly enjoying life. Why? Because we have found the abundant. We have found the blessed. We have found life to the full. We have found life to the max. We have found the fulfilled life in Jesus. We know this. God has saved us by his grace through our faith in Jesus. We are alive with God in Christ Jesus. There is now no, no more condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. No one can separate us from God's love for us in Jesus. Nothing can separate us from God's love for us in Jesus. We have every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. God began his good work in us at salvation. God is continuing his good work in us in sanctification. God is always with us by his Holy Spirit in us. God will never leave us, fail us, forget us, or forsake us. Guys, God's eyes are on us and his ears are open to our cries for help. God's near to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. God knows us. God loves us. God sees us. God rewards us. God hears and answers our prayers according to his will for us, which is best for us. We know that God forgives us our sins as we confess them to him. God takes up our cares and concerns as we cast them on him. God lifts us up as we humble ourselves before him. God meets all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Jesus, God's grace in the flesh, he overcame so we can overcome. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the throne of God at this very moment, interceding for you and for me. Jesus is coming back one day to take us home to glory, to live with him forever. When we close our eyes on this earth, we open our eyes with our 
our Father in heaven. We open our eyes in glory. God's grace reminds us that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous, you and me, are able to run to it and find safety. Some trust in chariots and some are horses, but we, we trust in the name of the Lord our God. We know that there is no wisdom, no understanding, no insight, no counsel that will prevail against the Lord. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory, I said victory, I said victory comes from the Lord. We know and understand. Give God a hand, clap. Give God a hand. Give God a hand. This is life. This is our lives. We know that God will keep us in perfect peace as our mind is steadfast, trusting in Him. We know the Lord God is the sun and shield. He bestows favor and honor, and no good thing will He withhold from those of us who walk blamelessly in His sight. We know and understand God's grace is sufficient. His power is perfected in our weakness. Therefore, we can boast all the more gladly in our weaknesses because we know God's power at that very moment when we are weak, that's when we're most strong because his power and grace rests on us. We know God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you and me so that in every way, always having everything we need, we'll be able to abound, excel, and overflow in every good work. We have the blessed, abundant life in Jesus, so let's live the blessed, abundant life in King Jesus. This is the life that is ours in Jesus. We, of all people, can truly live. We can live. We can live day after day after day. We know there are challenges, difficulties, struggles. Yes. We know and understand what is the worst thing that can possibly happen to us as followers of Jesus Christ. It's that our time on this earth comes to an end. But is that bad? I would suggest no. Because this isn't our home. We're just passing through. When God's final time for us on this earth comes, we get to spend eternity with him in glory. And we'll be talking a lot about that next week in the passage that we continue to make our way through. We can truly live in Jesus. God's grace instructs us to say no to sin, and God's grace instructs us to say yes to the Savior. Now, he also gives us some ways to live, three different ways. Number one, live sensibly. That means with a saved mind and a sound mind. That means with self-control. Living sensibly means not easily distracted or discouraged by people, problems, or circumstances. Living sensibly means having our mind focused on Jesus so that we can live for Jesus by his grace and power in us. That's seeing there. Live sensibly. Live righteously means live properly. Live uprightly. Live with those holy convictions which lead to holy conduct, as we've talked about throughout verse, uh, verses 1 through uh, 10 and, and in this passage in chapter 2. Living righteously means our beliefs and our behaviors are consistent with God's word. Living righteously means we're going to live and walk in obedience to God and the truth of his word. God's grace at work in us. Living in a godly way means honoring God in all we think, do, and say. It means living our lives pleasing to God with reverence for God and in awe and worship of God. It's so vitally important for us to worship God as followers of Jesus, as brothers and sisters in Christ. We are all worshipers. God has created us for worship, and God desires our worship first and foremost. And so we have an opportunity to do that corporately, as we've been doing here and continue to do this morning. We also have an opportunity to do that individually throughout the week. It says live 
in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age. In the present age means in the here and now. It means today. In every day that God gives us as a gift to live his way. So we're to live righteously and sensibly in a godly way today, right here, right now. Throughout this day. And as God gives us this week, we're to live this way this week. In the present age. And the present age also Again, it refers to, and we'll hit on this next Sunday, it refers to the time, the present age, it's the here and now, which is the time between the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus. We know Jesus has already come once as a babe in the manger in Bethlehem, humbly in that manger. And we also know, according to the God's word, he's coming again. And when he comes the second time, he's coming in power and glory. His appearance the second time is going to be completely different than the first time. And both appearances are good news for us. And so we understand what Paul is sharing with Titus is as followers of Jesus, we're witnesses for Jesus. And what that means is we're truly to live for Jesus We're to show Jesus to others and share Jesus with others by God's grace and power alive and at work in us. And we do this as we live sensibly, righteously, and in a godly way, saying no to sin and yes to the Savior Jesus by God's grace in us. So what is our application this morning? What what can we take away uh, from this passage this morning for this week? What can we apply in our lives this passage we see what this passage uh, means. We've, we've dug into the truth of this passage. Now, how do we put it into practice uh, in our lives today and this week? Let me just give you three quick steps. The first step is I must show up. I must show up. I must humble myself before God every day. You must humble yourself before God every day. You must show up. I must show up. I must spend time with God during the week in his word, in prayer, and in worship. You must spend time with God during the week in his word, in prayer, in worship. You see, we cannot live the abundant, blessed life in Jesus on our own. We live the abundant, blessed life. We truly live life in Jesus by God's grace at work in us. We know that Jesus gave us this example. Jesus, during his earthly ministry, made time again and again and again throughout his earthly ministry to get alone with God the Father, to get away from everyone, to get alone with God the Father, to spend time with his Father, to commune with his Father. And if this was important for Jesus, if this was a priority for Jesus, then I'd say it's safe for us to understand that it's an important priority for us as well. We must show up each day with the Father. Failing to show up with the Lord on a day-by-day basis. And we've all shown up this morning. We've all shown up to worship the Lord, to start our week off right in God's house, singing his praises and studying his word and sharing and showing his love and grace with one another. So we've shown up this morning. But when we fail to show up throughout the week, what happens is we walk In the flesh, not the spirit. And when we walk in the flesh, not the spirit, it's not good for us or anyone around us. It's like what one pastor said, if I miss time with God on one day, I know it. If I miss time with God 
two days in a row, my wife and family knows it. If I miss God, time with God three days in a row, everyone around me knows it. We need to show up. We show up with the Lord, humbling ourselves before him day by day by day, seeking him first, casting our cares on him, showing up, submitting ourselves to him. The second application point is then grow up. As we show up with God, we're able to grow up in God. As we get in God's word, God's word gets in us. And it goes through us to those God places around us. God is growing and maturing us in our faith in Jesus. Understand what God's doing right now is he's instructing us negatively and positively. He's instructing us on how to live a sensible, righteous, godly way today and this week. And so God is growing and maturing us in our faith in Jesus so that we can be effective followers, servants, and witnesses for Jesus. And so God is using the truth of his word to grow us up in our faith in Jesus. God just a few moments ago used the praise and the worship of his holy name to grow us up in our faith in Jesus. And God uses our trials, our difficulties, our challenges, our hurts, our sufferings, our disappointments, our struggles, our pain in his work of growing us in our faith in Jesus. He uses all that to grow us up and to mature us, to help us to have a complete faith in him. Remember, God will absolutely give you more than you can handle every single day. God will give you more than you can handle. He gives me more than I can handle. One of the most misquoted Bible verses in all of Scripture is folks go around telling people all the time, oh, God's not going to give you more than you can handle. That's completely false. That's false at the very core of Scripture and our understanding and knowledge of the Word of God and our lives as followers of Jesus. You better believe God's going to give us more than we can handle every day. Life is too much. Parenting is too much. Marriage is too much. The Christian life is too much. I am too much for myself. I'm more than I can handle. You're more than you can handle. God always gives us more than we can handle. Why? So that we'll run to him and rely on him. That's why. What the scripture says is God will not give us more temptation than we can handle. In a sense, what it's saying there is God's not going to allow us to be tempted so that we have no recourse or action and we just got to give in to sin. That's not God. No, no, no. God's always going to give us the strength and the grace and the escape route out of every temptation. We need to take it. God's going to always give it. But understand, God will always give us more than we can handle. So in our day-to-day -day lives, when things are happening and they're not going well and we're waiting on those calls and we're waiting on the confirmation for the promotion or the new job or a job or whatever the case may be, the news uh, from uh, the doctors, whatever the case may be, and we're thinking to ourselves, man, I thought God's not supposed to give me more than I can handle. That's, you need to change that. God's given you more than you can handle. Let that be an, a sign, an indication to you to say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for overwhelming me. And thank you, God, for sharing with me that now, because of the situation I'm in, and in this moment, God, I need to run to you and rely on you. Because, God, though I can't, you can. And, God, because though I am weak, you're strong. And so I'm going to show up, and I'm going to grow up. And then the third application point is I, I'm going to live up. We live up. 
we live up, as we grow up and show up, we're able to live up for Jesus. We're able to say no to sin and yes to the Savior by God's grace in us. God's grace helps us to deny godlessness and worldly lusts and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age. Listen, God's grace helps us to live up for Jesus. And you and I live up as we rely on God's Spirit in us. As Paul told us, I say, then walk by the Spirit, not the flesh, and you will certainly not carry out the desires of your flesh. So we walk by the Spirit. We live according to that power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. We rely on the Spirit of God in us. And then we get in the Word of God before us. God's Word is inspired. It's God-breathed. It's useful, profitable, teaching us, rebuking us, correcting us, and training us in righteousness. So each one of us will be thoroughly, completely equipped, ready, prepared, and able to do all that God has prepared for us to do. And then we know that we're able to live up as we do life with the people of God around us. The abundant, blessed life in Jesus is meant to live together as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We're meant to do life together. As Brother Al told us just a few moments ago, we need each other. That's why Jesus told us, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all people will know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Paul said, let's not grow weary in doing good, for we'll reap harvest in due time. If we don't give up, therefore let us do good to all people, but especially to those, he said, especially to those who are the household of faith. He said, especially to our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We're to love and to do good. We're to receive the blessing of God's grace, and we're to share the blessing of God's grace with one another, our brothers and sisters in Jesus. God's grace, thankfully, praise God, his grace helps us to show up, grow up, and live up day by day for King Jesus. Grace is not a license for us to do what we want. Grace is the power to do what God wants. Grace is not a license to please ourselves. Grace is the power to please God. So this morning, fresh and new. As we look to this brand new week, we're starting it right here, right now together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's show up. We've done that. We're doing that right now. Let's grow up. We're doing that right now. And so in these moments, as we take this time to respond to the Spirit of God as He's been teaching us, let's live up. Let's truly live. Let's truly enjoy the real, the true, the blessed life that is ours in Christ Jesus. Let's minister to one another. Let's do good to one of those brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's show that love Christ has for us to one another. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come and lead in this time of response. As we do each week, this is our opportunity to respond to the Holy Spirit as he's been speaking to us. Our prayer partners will be standing here at the front. They'd love to pray with you, pray for you. Pray over you. If you have a need, care, concern, God wants us to pray with one another and for one another. What a blessing it is to minister to one another. Altar is open as it is every week. Come and kneel and do business with the Father. Individually, with a spouse, maybe with a brother in Christ, a sister in Christ. 
It's our opportunity to minister, to be those blessings, those encouragers, to love one another, do good to one another, to minister to one another, to encourage one another so we can truly live in Jesus this morning. Maybe your testimony is, is, I've truly been overwhelmed. God has given me more than I can handle, and I've been struggling and wrestling and crying out to God, asking him why. Is he giving me more than I can handle? And what God is sharing with me this morning is to change that why to a what. God, what is it you're teaching me? Because God, though I'm overwhelmed, you're not. And I'm going to run to you like I've never run before. I'm going to rely on you in a fresh and new way. Knowing that you will lift me up. You will take care of me. You will provide. You will protect. And you will answer my prayers. Because you are a good God. And you'll answer them in your time. Which is best for me. So God, help me to endure. Help me to persevere. Help me to be patient by your grace. By your grace at work in our life, in my life. God is at work in these moments. If you've yet to receive his gift of salvation by faith in Jesus, today's the day of salvation for you. We'd love to introduce you to Jesus this morning. Can be changed from the inside out. By placing your faith and trust in Jesus. His finished work on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection that opens the way for you to receive forgiveness of sins and enter into a relationship with God. God's working, God's speaking. Let's stand and let's respond in obedience to him.